Welcome to Grave Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Donna. And we're two friends who share a fascination and intrigue of grave tales. Each episode is our unique look into grave history by exploring, researching, and giving you our take on these mysteries, tragedies, murders, and so much more. This is Grave Podcast. Well, hello, love. Hi, doll. How are you? Oh, I'm scared shitless because I don't know what you're going to tell me today. I'm going to tell you we're on day three of the 12 days of Christmas murders. I know you're going to you're going to ruin the holiday for me. <laughs> no, I'm, I, not. I, I, no well, I'm not. The, well, no, these stories are you aren't, but these stories are. And because, you know, you've researched them and are telling me me. Yeah, let's let's just go ahead and jump right right into this one. Okay. Okay. So there were four of them, and they called themselves the Downtown Posse. I I already hate I already hate them. That's a stupid name. They were simply Laura Taylor, sixteen years old, Demarcus Smith, seventeen years old, Heather Matthews, twenty years old. And Marvelous Keen, 19 years old, between Christmas Eve and Boxing Day in 1992, this gang of four went on a murder spree in Dayton, Ohio, that would see five innocent people die and four seriously injured. What is what 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 is wrong with and I'm going to say I'm going to use this word. What is wrong with these children? Because they're literally children. 30 years after Southwest Ohio Christmas murder spree, it will still never be forgotten. One of the sisters of one of the victims said, I really don't celebrate the holidays like other people. That meaning of Christmas changed forever 30 years ago. And I quote, I don't really celebrate the holidays. Her 18-year-old sister, Danita, was one of six people shot and killed over three days around Christmas in 1992. Quote, I go back in my mind and I think about the day I found out that my sister was killed. End quote. The front page of the December 30th, 1992 edition of Dayton, Dayton Daily News devoted coverage to the Christmas weekend spree killings that left six dead and two injured. Four young people embarked on a shooting rampage that left six people dead, two others injured, and impacted scores of others, including friends, relatives, members of the public, just in so many ways. I don't understand. Like, and this has always been my thing. And and I mean, all the all the shit we've talked about and like the things that have gone on in society. I don't get how I, I understand how you can get to a dark place personally. But how do you get to a, such a dark place that, like, you feel the need to take others with you in 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 any in any way? Period. But to just open fire, it, I I don't get it. I don't I don't understand where how how your mind gets to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, a, a Dayton homicide detective who worked on the case. His name was Doyle Burke. He said, and I quote, it will never be forgotten by the public because it was so heinous and so sinister, even the light of even the light of the things that are going on today. 
It was so heinous and so sinister. Like, it's just unreal to me. It's just, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond, beyond comprehension for me. Yeah. It started off as petty robberies that netted a plaid coat, a pair of sneakers and $44. And then crimes escalated to something else called joy killings. Joy killings. They were just killing people randomly for nothing. Literally nothing. There was not even a motive in this case. It was just for fun. Yeah. Listen listen to the words you just said. Joy killings. Yep. They were like a shark. Once they tasted the blood, they couldn't stop. Ugh. Disgusting. So the four people that were ultimately uh, convicted in the killings were part of the so-called downtown posse, a group that spent most days bumming money on courthouse square until they graduated to do something much worse. In the early hours of Christmas Eve, Laura Taylor, then 16 and her boyfriend, marvelous Keen, then 19 put in play a plan to rob a man. Taylor figured would pay them for sex. Oh, solid plan. Yeah. So Taylor called Joseph Wilkerson, 34, and promised him an orgy. As part of the plan, the couple recruited 20-year-old Heather Nicole Matthews, who had been released from prison just a few months earlier. Taylor said Burke was tough as nails and the intellectual leader of the group. She also proved capable of murder. As Wilkerson was bound to the headboard in his bedroom with electrical cords, the trio scoured the house for valuables and found a 32 caliber Derringer that Keene used to shoot Wilkerson in the chest, according to the police reports. Matthews would later testify at her trial in 1993 that Taylor put a 25 caliber weapon to Wilkerson's head and shot him a second time. Oof. Ruthless. The three ransacked the dead man's house, stole his car, and used it to hunt for more victims. On Neal Avenue, the group now included Matthew's 17-year-old boyfriend, Demarcus Maury Smith, and they found 18-year-old Danita Guillette talking on a payphone. Danita, a senior at Patterson Cooperative High School and the mother of a two-year-old son, or a two-year-old, was a complete stranger. At least one account would later say she was shot for her Fila tennis shoes. Wow. Shot for a pair of tennis shoes. 17 years old and a mother of a two-year-old. This is just... Okay, so police found her body on the ground outside the telephone booth. She was shot five times. The pavement was covered with blood and the twenty-five caliber blazer aluminum bullet shell casings. Those casings would help investigators tie the events together along with random nature of some of the victims and the sheer senselessness of the crimes. Taken from Guillette were her coat, her shoes, and a backpack containing 50 cents. 50 oh, wow. The group would return to Wilkerson's house and stay the night, but attempted to claim one more Christmas Eve victim, Matthew's ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey Wright. They went back to the house that they tied the guy up on the headboard and spent the night in the house. I mean, I mean, I mean, one that's stupid and two, like, whoa. 
dark. Smith put four bullets into White's legs, according to the police, but he escaped to a neighbor's house and survived. The Wilkerson killing gave them a base of operation and a vehicle. They could have stopped by just gagging him, but I don't think that was ever in their game plan. Uh, No, no. So now we move on to Christmas Day, 1992. On Christmas Day, the 16-year-old Taylor coaxed her boyfriend, her old boyfriend, Richmond Maddox, who was 19, from his parents' home, and the two left in Maddox's car with Keen, Smith, and Matthews trailing behind. Maddox eventually spotted the trailing car, became suspicious, and gunned the accelerator. Taylor put a Derringer to his right temple and fired. Taylor bailed out of the car before it crashed on Benton Avenue. Maddox was later declared dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Burke said spree killers are exceedingly violent, often choose their victims at random, and kill for the enjoyment of it. Yep, absolutely. So while there were multiple victims, there are more victims, he points out. It's the family members, the friends that will never outlive this. Yeah, it, it it's it's the ripple effect. It's absolutely it, 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 everyone it's that's left behind. Exactly. It's not it's it's not just the it, it's I mean it is the victim, but like the, the victim of all of it they're gone, they're gone. And I this is going to sound crass, but like they're gone, they're gone. Their piece of it's over. It's the ramifications and the ripple effect of those left behind that have to right. you know that's that that's the piece of it it's the ones that are left behind that have to you know figure out where to put that that grief and that knowledge and that pain absolutely absolutely so say sarah abraham she was a mother of three on that christmas day she received a hand-drawn picture from her daughter for christmas a day later she became the fourth victim of this christmas posse oh god on December 26, 1992, Abraham was behind the counter at the Shortstop Mini Mart, the family-owned grocery store on West 5th Street, when Taylor walked in to case the place. Minutes later, Smith and Keene walked in, and Keene shot Abraham twice in the head. The weapon's bullet, similar to the casings found next to Guillette's body on Neal Avenue. A witness in the store was shot in the hand and stomach, but survived. Abraham died five days later. This time, the gang got away with $44. $44 and someone lost their life. Well, if they're going to do it for 50 cents and a pair of tennis shoes and a... Uh, I it just, no, I just, there, yeah. I, I mean, there's no dollar amount to like put on anyone's right. life, but like, it, what is that? Right. So, moving around the city, the gang switched license plates on multiple stolen vehicles to elude the police. Thinking some within the group might snitch, the four ringleaders, Taylor, Keene, Matthews, and Smith, turned on two of their own. On the witness stand, Matthew said the group believed Wendell Cottrell, 16, and Marvin Washington, who was 18, would implicate them in the previous deaths. After Abraham was killed, the crew picked up Cottrell in Washington and bought some beer and wine. Keene said he had to urinate. He pulled into Gravel Yard on Ritchie Drive. Smith and Keene ordered Cottrell in Washington out of the car, 
marched them behind a large pile of dirt, and executed them. Their bodies would not be found until their killers were in custody. Wow. Yeah. Cottrell in Washington marked the fifth and sixth victims of the killer's rampage. A woman airing up her tires at Salem Avenue gas station might have been the seventh, but she ran when her Dodge shadow was stolen at gunpoint. A short time later, some 72 hours after the first, first killing, Dayton Police Sergeant John Huber eyed a suspicious vehicle, that same Dodge, Dodge shadow, on uh, Coomler Avenue. Smith, Keene, Matthews, and Taylor were inside. Huber called in a plate check, and when the rest- registration didn't come back to a Dodge shadow, units closed in from all directions. After so much violence, the gang's capture was fairly uneventful. Smith ran into a nearby house but was quickly captured, while the other three, Keen, Matthews, and Taylor, were taken into custody without incident. Huber, who is now Director of Public Safety for Sinclair Community College, said afterwards he learned that Taylor had ordered Keen to shoot Huber, but for some reason he didn't. Quote, It was a tragic crime at Christmas, a tough time of year. So sad we couldn't have have gotten them sooner. There was no rhyme or reason. There was no pattern. Burke, who will include the Christmas killings in a book he was writing about his career, said the case exemplifies how homicide squads and uniform officers working together can solve even the most difficult crimes. This is one of the most This is one of the cases I'm most proud of. Taylor and Matthews are now serving life sentences for murder at the Ohio Reformatory for Women in Marysville, while Smith is serving a life murder sentence at the Mansfield Correctional Institute. On July 21st, 2009, Keene, who was convicted of five of the killings, was executed by lethal injection at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. He had no last words. What a monster. No last words. So, Giet's sister has helped raise her sister's daughter and is now a victim advocate with the Montgomery County Victim Witness Division. And she combats the flood of memories brought by holidays by helping others. Quote, I try to shift my focus of myself and what has happened to me and what has happened to my family members onto service. I serve my church. I serve my community. I like feeding the homeless. So from September 1st to January 1st, I serve. She now knows the final words of her sister. Don't shoot me. And it will always haunt her. And she knows she will never forget what Danita meant to her and others, particularly this time of the year. Quote, how do you ever forget you had a sister? How do you ever forget you had a sister that was killed on Christmas? End quote. And this concludes this grave tale. Oh, my. Like, just how do you how do you rob somebody of of of? like what's supposed to be the, the most joyous time of year. How do you rob someone of that by like doing something so fucking heinous? I have no idea. I mean, joy free killing. That is, that says it all right there. 
like I don't know how how you do it. Period. Like to rob anybody of anyone of their loved ones, but like there's some, there's an extra element of like the the holidays that just adds to yeah. that, that makes it even like it makes it even like you take it a step above the galactic level of bull uh, uh, just complete bullshit that you already are if you're gonna if you're gonna rob someone of their loved one but like then you're gonna do it on a holiday like what is that you 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 suck even more like you already suck and then you're gonna suck more yeah i agree i agree it is told you they get worse yeah i can't wait (laughs) i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm sorry but well, and on that note, this ends uh, number three. Correct. The 12 Grave Tales of Christmas Murders. So join us for day four. Oh, day four coming at you. Strap in and hold on tight. Bye. Bye. Bye.